nobody Episode 65, and I'm here joined by, I don't know what you go by, man. What I, do you go I just by? go by nobody. Bomb. Yep. Nobody. Yep. Y'all appreciate you, man, coming out. Uh, no problem, no problem. I, yeah, I mean, I just actually kind of want to tell the people real quick um, before we get started here. You and me go way, way back. Way, way fucking back. Yeah, so basically, uh, I, met, I met you in high school. And uh, I was a freshman. You were already a senior at that point, but I think it was like yeah, band I, class. Yeah, I was taking band one in fucking senior year. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs that fucking arts credit. Yeah, I already had all my arts credits, actually. I just I didn't have any other elective I wanted to do. They uh, got rid of the uh, I think they had gotten rid of the TV production teacher over there by the time I was a senior. And I I love that dude to death. He was the best teacher I had over there. Oh, OK. Yeah. And, you know, when they got rid of him, I figured, you know, I like music. Fuck it. I'll take band. <laughs> so you started band as a senior. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you were stuck with me, a freshman. Yep. And we ended up, uh, like, linking up and playing. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you, that was the first. We had, like, a grunge band, I think. The Rikers kind of Island. Band. That was the one. Yeah, Rikers. <laughs> dude. And we had one song that we put out. And yeah. I think. It's still on Facebook to this day. If you're a friend yeah, of mine somewhere. that is out on my Facebook, you got to dig for it. But, um. <laughs> It'll yeah, be on there. That fucking that I had a little like a uh, sticker like mm-hmm. uh, they do like uh, those label maker shits. Yeah, you still and have a sticker for it too. It was well, it was on my the first kit that I played my first gig with with you know, because I still had that groove percussion to that. <laughs> oh day. man! So uh, even then, I think it was still on there, <laughs> oh. Oh, which is funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. But yeah, so you and me go way back. But now at this point, um, obviously you don't play bass. No, well, know, I mean, I would if I still band. had it. What happened? I had to sell it, bro. I was going through uh, between jobs. I had to make a. I had to. I don't know whether it was to pay a rent or something or to rent the U-Haul to move out of the place. Right, right, right. right. But I needed money, and the base was the only thing of value I had. I had to sell it to the pawn shop. Yeah, well, the struggle is real sometimes yeah. out here, man. I actually think they still have it. When I get paid, I might go get it again if they <laughs> still got it there. For real? Well, I don't know anyone who would buy an Ibanez beginner base. They weren't really selling it for much of a discount. Right, right. Oh, okay. So they they were still selling it pretty pricey. Pricey enough to where if I wanted to get a new base or get my old one, I'd probably just get my old one for the nostalgia alone. I feel that's the thing with pawn shops, man. It's like sometimes they just like they they think they have a lot more than they actually do. Yeah, most of the time. But uh, regardless of that, now you're more of like a producer, like engineer. Yeah, I kind of went uh, full circle and went from like the rock metal shit to doing like hip hop and trap production and whatnot. How the fuck did you get involved in that? Because I know when you first went solo or whatever, it was like uh, you were doing gent. Yeah, stuff, I was doing like, like the yourself. groove progressive metal or the gent when it was getting popular. And, you know, that was... It was really stressful to do as like one person thing, and I had one other person I was doing it with. Right. Um, I have to think if I can remember. What name. year was this that you were doing this? By the this way, this was probably like uh, shit. I think I just played the song when I was in um, Missouri, and I was 
four or five years ago, I think. It was like 2013, 2014, probably. Okay, man. So that was like probably peak jet. Uh, that was like right when it was starting to get, when Periphery had dropped like their second or third album. They oh, were just okay, starting, okay, okay. back when people still hated them because um, of whatever reason, It's it's been a while. <laughs> and, you know, when there was just a time where I... I don't remember. I was trying to write something and I got frustrated with it. And I said, I believe fuck metal. I'm just going to make trap music because it's stupidly easy. And it was not at all fucking stupidly easy. But, you know, I did the track as a joke and, you know, it it did better than I expected. And it was actually kind of fun to do it. So I just kind of stuck with that. And here I am now. Really? So this all came about as like... It came about just as, like I'm fucking around. Yeah, just frustration turned to a joke, and now I'm just I'm too deep in it to stop. Now <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking going out to different states, playing shows and shit, and you're just like, oh well, you I'm know, gonna, I guess I'm stuck. Yeah, I'm gonna be flying out there twice a year actually to do shows now. No way. Uh, I got another one in December, the really? uh, night before Litmus. I think the show's called. We haven't confirmed a date yet, but I'm definitely going out there sometime in December for the next one. Dude, that's sick as fuck. Yeah, I'm trying to get some new music done so I don't want to play the same set list. No, of course you <laughs> don't. Of course. No, yeah, no. Obviously not. But uh, that's fucking dope. The fact that like it just kind of started as like a kind of throwaway thing and then it's led you all the way here. Yeah, maybe even farther than the gent stuff could have. Yeah, and honestly honestly enough, before I did the show, I had, I had quit and I had full intentions of not doing the music thing anymore, but I already had the agreement to do the show. So I decided to go and, you know, I owe them that much. I'm a man of my word. I try to make sure that I follow through with all my appointments and everything. And, you know, I went and I did the show and you know it just went better than I could have ever expected. And just all the positive energy out there that see, because I've been talking with these guys online. We're in the collective and uh, yeah, I've been talking with these guys for a while and it's different when you can escape it through the social media you could just mute it and ignore it and whatnot but when you're actually there and you're surrounded by all like the positive energy and the new surroundings it puts like a whole new perspective on it a hundred percent i feel like sometimes i mean i uh you just kind of have to get out uh and see new things get a brush a breath of fresh air yeah like new experiences and shit a hundred percent and surround yourself with more positive people yeah exactly I mean, I don't know too much about the scene out here for you, but, like, sometimes people out here don't want the best for you. You feel me? Oh, with, uh, with the, like, the hip-hop scene, the production scene, I found it's just really competitive out here, and I just don't even want to be a part of it. That's why most of the time I work with people from different communities. You know, I have, I have no issue with artists from here. Right, right, right. Not, obviously not. I love a bunch of artists from down here, local, bigger, all of that. But it's just... The scene is so competitive, and I don't even want to be a part of the competition. I would rather make my moves elsewhere and try to get try to get the recognition to where I can come down here and already have it where I don't have to compete at that point. You know, right, that, that makes right, any sense. Right. Well, that's the thing is by doing shows out in uh, in Kansas City, you're uh, uh, you're you're like tapping into a different market. Yeah, and on top of that, like the artists there, it's they're really di- diverse up there as well. Like there's um, one of the people I played with, uh, Dominico, has 
just a whole bunch of different styles that he was doing up there. Like he had a bunch of hype tracks. He could sing. And everybody up there is exactly like that. It's a lot of different talents up there. Right. And the music's a big part of the community. And it's a better thing. It feels like it's more open and like accepting sometimes, you know. Than down here, you're saying? Yeah, a little bit. But I'm not really involved in the music scene down here too much. I never have booked a show down here. So I don't know exactly from experience. I, I could be completely wrong. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, you kind of don't know till you do it type, type yeah, deal. Yeah, you have more experience with the live shows than I do. So Yeah, I mean, not necessarily in the uh, in the hip-hop community, though. But, I mean, it's the same type of, like, the music community in, as a whole is what I mean. That's true. And I, I have said before that sometimes I do feel like there's a crab-in-the-bucket mentality. Um, but not with everyone. There's a lot of bands that uh, I'm friends with. Mo- most of the bands that I'm friends with, the thing is, the reason I'm friends with them is because they have those qualities that's like, you know, they support and they do this and that. And they're cool to be around. Well, yeah, it's obviously not a, it's an isolated thing more so than a whole than a whole thing. And I guess that's kind of how it came out. I probably should have thought about that a little better. But no, 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 no. It's not a big deal at all because, like I said, um, uh, like there are some people that are like that. In the scene that I yeah. know too, you feel me? And I just don't uh, associate with them. It's a lot of the people that I had early association with in the scene had that kind of mentality, and it's, you know, it kind of, it left a bad taste in my mouth, you know, as far I as like you. that's why I didn't I don't play shows down here, and I instead booked one out in a different state. That's cool though, man. So many connections I bet you made. I mean, actually, funnily enough, while you were in Kansas, I was in uh. Were you wait, pause though? Did you know that there's a Kansas City in Missouri? Yeah, I actually there's Kansas City in Missouri and Kansas, and funny enough, I went to both of them while I was out there. Oh shit! Okay, so wh- which one where was the show in? The show was in Kansas City, Missouri, at the Rhino. Nice. Okay, so you you uh, you were in Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas yeah. City, Kansas. I was. Yeah, I went to Kansas City, Kansas for barbecue at one point, but um, that's about the only thing I did out there. Gotcha. For a, for a long time, I didn't know that. I thought it was, there was only one Kansas City, and it was in Kansas. I wasn't aware of uh, the fact that there was two Kansas cities as close to each other until I was out there. Actually, I never thought about it. <laughs> it kind of makes. Wait, are they driving distance? Uh, yeah, they're actually like within forty five minutes of each other. Oh wow! Like you can cross the state line from where I was at in Kansas City. I believe I was in the western part of kansas city a little more to the southern end and the state line's probably like 15 minutes away wow that's crazy yeah so i didn't think i was going to be visiting multiple states but hey that was cool fuck yeah dude i've never been up there at all i've only been to to i think three total states florida new york new jersey yeah i've been to like florida new york connecticut and missouri and kansas at this point that's fucking cool yeah. So how'd the show go, man? Uh, like mm-hmm. I, I would, I would love to get into. I have a lot of stories from New York that I, I, yeah. I would love to talk about on the show. So, uh, let me ask you: uh, Did you stay in a hotel or what? Um, I didn't stay in a hotel. I stayed with my friends that were out there. Um, That's how you do it, bro. Never yeah. pay for a fucking. No, hotel. I didn't pay for a hotel. That's the I most expensive part of any trip. I, I was considering it the first time I heard a uh, semi-automatic gunfire, but oh. you know, I figured. Hey, fuck it. They're not shooting at me, so it's not a big deal. Damn, for real? You heard. First of I, all, let's get into that. You can't <laughs> get past that. <laughs> a couple of times, actually. What the fuck? I it's mean, like they got the hood out there in Kansas I mean, City, man. They've got 
Well, I looked up a list of the 100 most dangerous places to stay in in Kansas City as far as neighborhoods and streets go, and I was in the 30s on the list pretty much the entire time I was there. Oh, but shit. it's the same type of it's the same type of mentality people have out there that you have here and pretty much anywhere else is that if you're not messing with anyone out there and you're not trying to get into stuff that you shouldn't be getting into, then no one really messes with you. It's not like the one time that I was actually a little bit sketched out was I was walking down Independence Boulevard at midnight and that's a pretty uh, a pretty sketchy area from what i heard from my friends up there <laughs> all right and um yeah, there was like this crackhead or something lady i was with two of my buddies they were vaping and every time they took a hit she started screaming out why are you doing that and just kept approaching us and screaming that out and you know nothing ever happened from it but it was just that was about the only sketchy part of it like beyond that, it wasn't it wasn't any different from here. Just keep to yourself and go where you know you should be, and that's it. No problems. I feel you on that, bro. There's always gonna be the sketchy crackhead. You always gotta look out for that. Yeah, we have those here, so it wasn't even anything I was worried about. <laughs> My buddy from Canada was more sketched out than I was. Were those do from Canada out there? Uh, yeah, actually, my buddy from Canada came down. Um, uh, he was just coming down to visit. I don't believe he was supposed to perform, but um, he, plays, he came uh, down. He's a rapper or something? Yeah, he's a rapper. I've actually done quite a few songs with him. What's his name? Uh, Ikaj the Verbal Mirage. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> Ikaj the Verbal Mirage. He just goes by Ikaj, though. All right, shout out to Ikaj, bro. Come on the show. Yeah, I could actually probably get him on the show if you if, needed him. If he's him ever there. in Florida. If he's ever in Florida. I don't know if he's ever going to be down here, man. Uh, that, he might, he might come down here. You never here. know. You never know. You play might, a show. You know, play I a show, know. man. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well. I just, I just speak things into the ether, man. I just say stuff. I got you, bro. And keep the energy out there because it could always come back. I bet you he was like, eh, eh. I mean, I don't know how, 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 uh, how, how did it, like are Canadians not like, do they not have crackheads in Canada? No, actually he comes from uh, not a gray area in Canada, like Alberta, I believe. Canadian hood? Like uh, yeah, I I would say Canadian hood. I don't think they have as many <laughs> crackheads. I had a buddy came out there from like Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oshkosh. They they only have okay. three things out there in Wisconsin. They have alcohol, heroin, and cheese. Jeez. My buddy doesn't fuck with heroin, so cheese and you know they, alcohol. They don't have. They have like one murder a decade out there. That's fucking. <laughs> that seems like a great place to live. Then fuck it. <laughs> he came out to the show too. His first day out here, my buddy told him, oh, yeah, I stay in one of the most dangerous uh, cities and one of the most dangerous areas in the city and just scared the shit out of him. So he copped the hotel the first night he was out. Oh, for real? (laughs) Oh, man. It was hilarious. Why didn't you go stay with him at the hotel? Because, you know, it wasn't really like a big deal to me and I didn't want to inconvenience anyone any more than I was. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, just just stick to myself. And on top of that, I spent a lot of money to get out there. I spent a lot of money out there. I'm broke right now. No, that's the thing about traveling, bro. As fun as it is, is, it'll wipe you out. It is absolutely the most expensive thing I've done lately. I mean, I, did like you have fun though? Oh, dude, it was great. I I would do it again in a heartbeat, which is why I'm doing it again. So when did you fly in? I flown. I flew in on Saturday, the week before my show. I was out there for a week, and I decided I could have just gone for the weekend and played the show, but I wanted to go see the city and you know hang out and do all that. 
That's dope as fuck. So I flew in on Saturday, and the first place that I got taken was Arthur Bryant's because that's like one of the world famous barbecue places there. Okay. And my God, man, just incredible, just absolutely incredible barbecue. The sauce was excellent. Fuck. Just yeah, it was great. Sounds so fucking good. Still not the best barbecue I had out there though. So the first thing you did was go. The get first some thing we did was to get barbecue. it was to eat. Yeah, of course. And I, you know, I didn't eat on the plane at all. I hate flying. I was just anxious and stomach ache the entire time. Did they have time. like real food or just like snacks? They just had snacks. They oh, don't. They okay. didn't offer any real food. The, uh, so when was the last time you flew before this trip? Twenty years ago. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. So oh. going through airport security and all that, like seeing TSA and bro, getting patted I, down, all bro, that stuff. I like, went how did through, you feel? I went through TSA with an expired ID in five minutes. And they did not even. They didn't care whatsoever that my ID was expired. Oh, I had no. more trouble going through the X-ray machine because I forgot to take my wallet out of my back pocket. Oh no! They thought you had a bomb. No, they didn't think I had a bomb or anything. I just told them, "Hey, it's my first time flying." Like. 15, 20 years, I don't remember how this goes. And, you know, they understood it and everything. I mean, and everyone seemed to just get through with no problem. Yeah, no. Usually it's not a big deal at all, but, like, sometimes it's a little weird, you know? Oh, yeah, you gotta empty your pockets and you stand in this machine and... Yeah, and stand in the machine. I didn't, uh, wasn't really a fan of that. And they did have to pat me down when I took the, uh, when I forgot to take the wallet out and that was... It, uncomfortable to Gotta say touch the your least. Balls, sir. It, yeah. Gotta grab your yeah, balls, I, sir. I, he really it did not need to grab my balls. Yeah, I did. I, I'm, uh, not, I'm not hiding anything in there, but uh, sir, I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna have to go ahead and uh, uh, don't fucking lie. Yeah, he does. I'm gonna go ahead and have to grab your balls. Uh, sir. I'm gonna go. They hire they <laughs> hire some fucking creepers. I'm certain of it. Yo, that for it, it's a fucking weird experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a. I'm also not a big fan of the pat down, but. I feel so, like that that machine. I feel like in a, in like a decade or two or something is gonna come out. That machine gives cancer or fucking or fucking shrinks your dick or hey, something. I, mean, I don't know. What man. doesn't give you cancer nowadays, man? That's true, and that's what everyone says. But like, I feel like that's the wrong mentality. To have. I, it is <laughs> probably the wrong mentality to have. But I mean, at this point, everything everything and anything can give you cancer. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they come up with a hundred different things that have given us cancer over the years. That's true. Yeah. So you landed Saturday, and your show was what, the next Saturday? My show was next Saturday, June 1st, like five days ago, I think. What are some of the highlights you did in that fucking in that week and getting ready for the show? Did you practice? Honestly, I, I didn't practice a thing. I didn't make my set list until the day of the show. What the fuck? I was so, so underprepared. I had never used DJ equipment before the show either. I had my own equipment, but I forgot to bring it because I was freaking what? out about getting the set list. Oh, jeez. Uh, so you forgot it, your stuff? It, yeah, I forgot what I was actually going to bring, but to be fair, I didn't have it set up at all. I had a launch pad in the uh, MPK Mini, and I was going to play some stuff live and loop it with the launch pad, but I just... I never took the time to set it up. Like, um, oh man, I was producing a lot out there, like a lot of a lot of stuff I have um, that I'm trying to finish to come out with the EP later. So, what did you end up doing to save the day? How'd you get the show done? I just made my set. I just uh, spent two, three hours before the show, or when I got up and made my set list, and just made sure it was finalized and put a couple of. Um, I made a show version that I wanted it to be like with the uh, effects placed in there. 
that I was going to play that one because I was underprepared, but I figured that I would rather just try to, I'd rather wing it and see how it goes than to lie and play something that I wasn't actually doing live. Yeah, I feel you on that. So you you like actually live beat make like with the well with the I didn't li- I shit? didn't live beat make I had a a set that I had playing and mm-hmm. it was on um I don't remember what the software I was using was it was um it was another uh, the DJ of the night uh, DJ Scotty Woo it was his equipment shout out to DJ Scotty Woo yeah shout out DJ Scotty Woo he saved that fucking night telling me how to use that DJ board that's what's up I was gonna scratch but I figured I was not gonna even attempt, attempt. that no it was not gonna <laughs> happen because. You know, I was anxious enough, and by the time I was on stage, I was like, shit, I don't know what how much alcohol that bar put in those drinks, but I was two drinks deep when I got on stage. So you were feeling it, Mr. Krabs. Uh, I wasn't supposed to go on first. I think I was supposed to go on second, but uh, my buddy who was supposed to go on first, um, Ikaj, funny enough, uh, said Canada. he'd go on second. Yeah, Canadian Ikaj, because I have another friend, Ikaj, who's from Florida, Did he get? Enough. Did he get nervous or something? What happened? Um... You know, it was decided that I was doing the beat set. I didn't have any vocals on my set, mm-hmm. or I wasn't supposed to. So I would start it out and get everybody in the mood for the type of show that we're going to have tonight. Oh, true. That's what's up. And then send the people with vocals on. That's what's up. However, also for my set, I said anybody who wants to come up and just uh, freestyle or spit anything they want, just come up on stage when I'm playing a beat. If you feel one, grab a mic, go off. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. Dude, for real? Yeah, no one really from the crowd. It was people who were at the show already that came yeah. up, but but even still, it was it was a really cool experience, and I would that's how I want to do my shows usually because you know a beat set's a beat set, but you can just you can set up a big speaker at home and play shit off SoundCloud, and there you have a beat set. Right. I wanted to make it more interactive and more like a participation type of thing. Yeah, no, for sure. You got to have like a, a gimmick nowadays. You can't just, you know, be like all the rest. Everybody's got to have a gimmick. I was told not to do it because of the lyrical, miracle, spiritual type people, but I was fully prepared for someone to come up and do stuff like that. What do you mean, lyric? What like, does that the, mean? The people that just like they I'm rhyme, not just with rhyme. The lingo. It's a like kind of a meme where you, people who just rhyme words together, like the. Um, <laughs> like that uh, that Chris D'Elia thing where he made fun of Eminem, like uh, divorcing Harrison Ford and the Porsche, the floorboards, that kind of shit. <laughs> like just just rhyming words together. They don't necessarily have to make sense, but if you rhyme a bunch of words, do a bunch of double uh, or multi-syllabic rhymes, right. then people will say it's fire. And, you know, it doesn't work so much anymore because of how big the meme's gotten, but... You know, I, I, even still, I know some people who do that <laughs> shit. They're kind of fire, actually. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing is that that for me is still kind of hard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's wordplay. Like the way that I look at it is it. It's it, funny, like some though, people say that not that not everything has to be lyrical. I mean, some of the shit that MF Doom says doesn't isn't necessarily lyrical, but he ha- he can play with words like nobody else can, and it's still interesting to listen to how he strings stuff together and how right. he rhymes words. Right, right, right. I and, totally feel that. And that's the whole that's the whole appeal of it for me, anyway. Is that you you can play with words, or you can be lyrical, or you can do both. Is there's so many different ways that you can do hip hop and rap music that. And it goes for every other genre of music, too, I'm sure. But it's just the way that anybody can find something that they're looking for is, like, one of my favorite things about it. Well, and I feel like that's um, that's something that's kind of recent. 
like ish because I feel like rap went through like trends where it's like you knew East Coast rap and you knew what West Coast rap sounded like and stuff like that. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of like a blurred line almost. Yeah, and like there's so much more diversity in it. Yeah. There's a lot of hip hop that sounds like has like heavy metal influences or metal influence, rock influences, whatever. That's uh, soul and stuff. And uh, the samples have gotten a lot more clever and stuff. It's not just little guitar riffs looped over and over again. Ooh, yeah, for sure. So that yeah, the evolution of hip hop has been mad interesting. Um, and so the show, how uh, how long was your set? I my set, uh, the way that I had my beat set set out, I was up there for I believe eighteen minutes. Nice. Um, it wasn't a long set, but to be fair, I was only playing beats. I got like nine songs out of it i think yeah, yeah, yeah some of the some of my beats were unfinished and um you know just unreleased things that i had had vaulted for a long time and i figured you know after all the uh all the positive energy and shit i was surrounded by out there and just made me more motivated to release things so i said fuck it i'm gonna put all this unreleased stuff up here and if I don't have time to finish it, then, you know, I'll put it I'll put it for less time. No big deal. And it actually went over really well. I had um, funny enough, someone just uh, asked me today that they wanted to lease one of the uh, beats, the one that I believe I'm having you open with. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's dope, dude. Yeah, that's twenty five bucks in my pocket. Hey, dude. Well, that's what's up. That, that's a, So the life of a producer really is kind of like. You make beats to sell to people, rent to people. Like how does well, leasing a beat work? Can you explain well, that concept to me? The way that my licensing works, and I'm I'm very much like everybody else, eh, aside from a few nuances here and there. But I offer basically a regular standard lease for um, for however much I decide to go for. It depends on how much work I put into the beat. And it allows you to sell and perform live a certain amount of copies before there has to be a renegotiation where you can either go for an unlimited lease, which allows for unlimited use of the beat, but you don't technically own the rights. And that's the difference between like leasing and doing an exclusive or a custom. Oh, okay. Whereas you would own the rights, you would have trackouts and um, any kind of information sample-wise if I happen to use them. Um anything that you would need for the beat would come with an exclusive or a custom and you would have full rights to that beat to do practically whatever you want at that point. So with a lease, do you still get to like release a song with it? Yeah. With a lease, you can still release a song. You can still make money. And usually with my leases, I haven't renegotiated one lease that I put out because you know, none of my songs have really blown up, blown up. Like some of them, I have one that got, um, it's got 1.5k plays right now. Okay. I don't know how many sales it might have gotten, but I'm not going to renegotiate it because, you know, the dude who I sold the lease to were cool, and you know, if I'm really good with working with artists that I have that I have a belief or a faith in, like if I think your shit's dope, I'll give you the lease, I'll work with you on the pricing, and I won't fuck you on the renegotiations later, unless you're making like like a million dollars off of it. Yeah, I'd like a cut of that if you didn't if you only paid me 25 for the beat, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean shit. Uh you you'd hope at the end of the day, but I think uh there are a couple producers that that were dealing uh 
with that, there, there was a, I think it's Ronnie, the guy who did the, the production for XXX, like, he, he was, like, bugging oh. about not getting cash about yeah, from him, I, right? Yeah, I heard about that. I'm, I'm How do you feel about that as a producer? I mean, because you're, you're a fan of X, right? Yeah, I am a fan of X and Ronnie J and um, and the other producer who claimed he got wronged, and I'm yeah. fuzzy on the details. But Ronnie J, he's from here, right? Yeah, actually, all of them. Him? I, all of them, I believe. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't met Ronnie J personally. I know people who are close with Ronnie J, but um, I haven't met him or talked to him personally. Okay, okay. It, by the time I was getting more ingrained in the scene here, he had already blown up, blown up, and had multiple production beyond just on X. So you right. know, I figured a little out of my range at this point. Is but he? Does he still live down here? You think? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Actually, Man, I would love to get that guy on the show. Oh, that would be that would be great. That would be good insight too. He's worked with a ton of different artists, and that's what I'm saying, man. But um, fuck, I lost it. Where were we just now? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about whether or not, like, I mean, where you stand kind of like on the producer thing. I mean, and do you think they deserve cash I off mean, of it or, or what? I mean, as far as because here's the thing: there's a bunch of loopholes and clauses. The reason why I do my licensing the way that I do is so that I don't get fucked over in the process where I have I have electronics I will be having more so organized electronic signatures for everything that I get rid of everything that I sell and all that and there's a way That's that smart. there's a way that you can um some producers will let you do an exclusive for a mixtape for a reduced price but then sometimes the label will decide to put that mixtape track on an album. And because they bought the exclusive, they don't think that they have to re-sign for it. But, and that's really where a lot of this issue comes from, is that if you sell a license for a mixtape and then you put it on an album, you've broken the contract already. You don't have a license to use it on an album. That's where a lot of producers get fucked over and why I don't, have separate mixtape and album prices. My prices are solid no matter what you go through. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess like, and the other way, they the producer might make more money, but at the same time, you yeah, it is for sure you make more money. Yeah, but the thing the, the thing is, at the same time, you deal with people who will lease it for a mixtape and then just use it on an album anyway. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So well, it's a bit more of a headache, maybe. And as far as royalty payments go, I um, in all of my agreements, I do royalty payments once you hit a million sales. You, so you can get, for an example, um, most of my exclusives I sell for 100 bucks flat. And that's mainly based on people who... I used to not tell people what I charge and just say, pay what you think the beat's worth. And I've gotten $100 the most consistently for exclusives, so I figure that's a fair price. That's what people are paying now. Gotcha. So say somebody buys an album of exclusives and I do a deal three hundred or, or I do a deal for like 500 for eight songs. Right. And that's, that's pretty standard. That's pretty likely to happen. I could see myself doing that easily. And the album sells... A million copies. You sell an album for eight bucks a pop, and you sell you sell a hundred albums. You've already made three hundred more than what you spent on the beats. Probably that'll take care of your mixing and promotion right there. Right, right, right. So Solid you can point. make a ton of money before I ever require any kind of royalty renegotiation. Before I'll ever actually go at you for it. And most of the people who I work with 
I feel like would come to me before then and say, hey, the song's starting to do good. Let's talk about royalties. Right, right, right. Well, you would hope so. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, and the people that you surround yourself with uh, definitely need to like kind of match that 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 goal that drive you know yeah i'm i'm only hoping that that's how it works have the good intentions you feel me yeah and you know i i could probably end up getting fucked over in the in the long run and if it happens it'll happen and i'll deal with it when i get to it but for now um i'd rather keep it the way that i have it so that more people will be inclined to work with me more people will want to try to further themselves and further the both of us in this whole music shit without dealing with producers with ego or any kind of shit like that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all bleed. You know, it's no one's any better than anybody else just because they might may or may not be more skilled or be more known. Well, I feel that 100%. And the thing is that uh, w- with ego, I don't know. I don't know. It comes from a... From a from a weird place, like just thinking thinking you're better than someone, or thinking your skills are worth more than someone else's. Like I don't know, it's kind of weird. I understand. You need like a little bit of ego to get a little further. You know what I mean? You need to like believe in yourself. Yeah, but I feel like that's just knowing your worth more so than having ego. Like, um, I just um I just had a producer ask me about um, ask me about charging for their beats, and I said yes, you should charge for your beats. You should know your worth. You should realize that. Your music is where if people want to use your music, that means that you are definitely worthy of charging for it because it's got it's supply and demand. So I don't feel like that's ego, assuming that people should pay for your work. No, not at all. I don't think so. Either. It's it's a difference between like when you start to have it change you and think that you're more powerful or more this or more that than somebody else. I mean. That's when it becomes a problem for sure. And that's when it, it becomes like, a, like, oh, you have a big ego or whatever, you know? I mean, I know producers with followers in the thousands, followers in the tens of thousands that don't, that can't make um, $400 in sales in a month. And me, before I hit 300 made almost $600 in sales in three weeks. That's and fucking crazy. It's, it's the difference. Like, I just, the way that I looked at it was I had a good month. I just had a good month. I dropped a whole bunch of songs that people liked and people kept fucking with me. And I didn't I didn't let the fact that I was making decent money in a month change me or anything. And that's the way that you have to look at it is that look at yourself as I'm improving and people want to use my music more and I'm going to keep working harder to make this happen more often. It's like a, a constant state of growth is what you have to work towards more so than letting the ego kind of kind of guide you because the ego will carry you a little bit but it's going to die down eventually and you'll be left with way less at the end of it i totally agree with that um and the thing is too that not every musician is like that not every musician or or artist or producer is going to get a big head like uh, i I met anderson pack and i met thundercat over the weekend um and i bet they were both super cool dude they were both cool as fuck and i mean now that i'm bringing that up i mean um i kind of want to get into my trip because oh yeah um, go for it please yeah uh it it was a hectic man so first night um like i said i met anderson pack and thundercat but the the it wasn't really supposed to happen in a way because uh i I was supposed to catch a flight from fort lauderdale into laguardia in queens Mm -hmm. uh 
at 3.30 to land at 6.30. Yeah. Then I had tickets to see Anderson Pack, Earl Sweatshirt, and Thundercat at Madison Square Garden. Show. Oh, man. Doors open 7.30. I land at 6.30, right? Yeah. So I'm at the airport, and the flight gets delayed 30 minutes. So we're oh, taking so off at 4. Yeah, you're already just I'm cutting the mustard, out. dude. It's like I land, and then I got 30 minutes to get there, and then this and that, right? So fucking I'm waiting there, you know. We're about to take off. It's like it's like 4.15, and they say, right before we take off, they say, hey, the weather in New York's really bad. They're saying we might have to wait another hour and five minutes. Oh, man. So no. at the end of so at, at that point I'm like fuck man I'm gonna probably miss Thundercat or Earl or something like I'm gonna miss some of the opener at this point, and then that that flight ended up being delayed four hours. Oh my god! So oh I'm man. taking off at uh, basically like seven thirty, which You're is taking like off when, when the doors open. when the doors open. So I missed the show. Oh my god, I missed the show completely. I land it's like almost eleven o'clock. I would have been so mad. And there's no, there was nothing I could really do about it. So, so obviously. So I land, missed the show, and me and my cousin are posted up uh, eating this Cuban food. Because, you know, when you go out to travel, man, as you, as you saw, you know, you yeah, go you and eat food. you have to get the food first. Yeah, you go and get some food. You drop your shit off, you go and get food. Yeah. So, you know, I'm eating food, and then I see Anderson Pack post, like, oh, after, like, a picture after party at this place at 12 a.m. And I look at my phone, it's like 12.02. And I'm like, man, you think they'll still be over there? You know, he's like, yeah, man, it's New York, man. And they'll probably still be over there. So I'm like, fuck it, let's go. It's like a couple, probably like uh, like 30 minutes on the train and walking and all that shit. So he's like, fuck it, yeah, let's do it. So we roll fucking down there. And uh, I asked if he's going to pull up or whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, he hasn't shown up. He might, he might not. So I was like, fuck it, let's just go in and wait. Go in. I meet some of the free nationals. You feel me? The people that in his band and yeah. he plays with. And they were mad cool. And then I see him from across the room, where I see a green beanie and some glasses. And yeah, like and you already know. A couple people surrounded him. I'm like, that's it. It's a fact right there, I already there, dude. know. Duh. Duh. So I'm like, man, I got to I gotta go. So this dude, like, books it towards him, starts chatting him up. Blah, blah, so I wait. I hang in the cut. I, 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 lay, I, I hang back. And yeah. I walk up. And then his security, like, kind of looks at me. And I notice he's going to walk in the direction that I was in anyway. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just walk back, walk back. And then... uh. He's just standing like four feet in front of me, and I'm like, I gotta go talk to him. So I'm like, Hey, hey, P, man, can I talk to you? Blah blah blah. blah. Tell um, him, you know, man, you know, your big drum inspiration for me. I'm a drummer, this and that. And I actually missed your show because of a late flight. He's like, Oh man, that sucks. And I, the way he said it, though, hmm. it was kind of like I thought. The, I think he felt like I was gonna ask him for something. Oh no no no! You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I wasn't. So I was just like, Yo, man, you're just like I'm a big fan. You're a big inspiration, man. I just can I please have a picture and he was like yeah man of course bum bum and then took a picture talked a little more and then he went up to a little VIP section and I was just chilling and then out of nowhere man I see this dude in a big ass like Chanel jacket yep duh and this motherfucker I was like who is that with the with the colorful <laughs> braids and shit and he takes a jacket off and he's got fucking the Thundercat and like Carnage and shit or, and a bunch of chains on I'm um, like yo is that Thundercat now he turns around and picks up a bass dog and it was Thundercat Oh my god! On stage, man, and I had a chance to get on stage, bro. Drummers were just playing on the kit, like uh, one one dude from the crowd got up on the kit, and I was like, "Dude, can we just do that?" And then one one other guy got on the kit, and then when I was like about to go on, um, 
like when I finally got the balls to do it, yeah. Thundercat handed the bass off to to like someone else in the crowd, and she uh, so I was like, "Fuck it, man, I'm not gonna play with Thundercat, so I don't feel like doing it." Man, but I would still done a- it. AP was like fucking snapped, like uh, getting the dude on his story and shit. So I looked at the story the next day. Literally, Anderson Pack, and he it was like Instagram storying the drummer. So if I had done it, I might have yeah, ended up on his story. You would have ended up on Anderson Pack's but story. I, I, I pushed out. No, I get that though. I get that. Like the it's a, it's a lot of pressure because the drummer before was killing it. Like he was he was savage. Like yeah, I mean I Anderson seen Pack you live though. Crazy. You can kill it. You could have done that shit. I no problem. It. I appreciate it. I was just I was nervous, but to me it's like that was like a learning experience. Like I'm not gonna. I can't let that happen again. You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know what opportunity could have passed by. You feel me? Like, I fully get being starstruck, though. Um, yeah, I, it was crazy. I think I told you about um, I went to go see a, a drum clinic for the drummer for Cynic. Yeah. And uh, Sean Reiner. And that man's a huge inspiration, like one of the top three drummers to me personally. Because, And I didn't realize this at the time. I was trying to learn a drum part back when I was playing like rock and metal more heavily and I could never get the part down. I knew what he was playing, but I could never figure out how he did it. And I found out cause he's lefty. Oh, okay. And that's why that's I could cool. never do it because he starts off with his left hand and I'm, <laughs> I'm not ambidextrous, so I can't hit that. But I was going to see a drum clinic with him and I saw him at the bar and I walked up and I asked him what he was drinking and I bought him one. Nice. And I said, Hey bro, I really, really need to learn this drum part i need to learn this drum part the intro for evolutionary sleeper is there any way you can show me how to do it and he brought me up on stage i almost got behind that fucking kit <sighs> then what happened i couldn't do it did he teach you how to yeah, do he it? taught me how to do it but i couldn't fucking do it i couldn't fucking get up on stage and do it i, could, I wasn't lefty it, it was very difficult for me to do it righty oh man and just you're too nervous. Yeah, I was super fucking nervous. I would have fucked it up even if I could have got up there and done it. I I would have just yeah it. But so yeah, you I, know I, exactly how I, feel. I know exactly how you feel is the bottom line of this. I, I don't know why I was um. It's crazy, man. At the end of the day, I didn't fucking do it. Uh, but I I did get to talk to Thundercat for a little bit. I just told him I'm a big fan of the stuff he did with Mac Miller and Childish Gambino, Suicidal Tendencies, and yeah. Asked if I could take a picture, same shit. I didn't man. actually know he worked with suicidal tendencies. He did, man, for a while. Um, I gotta look that up. And he was uh, very nice, very nice. Took a picture, dapped me up. He was wearing a very nice Rolex and a bunch of shiny chains. Yep, you gotta flex, man. Nah, man, he was flexing super hard, but I, I can't, I can't disrespect the flex, man. No, nah, can't. But uh, it's like people like that who are big and and good at what they do and don't get a big head about it. But um. That was my first night, man. I land, I miss my fucking show, but lo and behold, they end up playing a fucking show later, secret show, basically, and a more intimate show. I get to meet them and talk shit with them, so um, it ended up being pretty fantastic, right? I was fucking on a high the rest of the night going home and all that. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so the rest of the weekend is like, all right, now, I, I, Sunday, I got the strokes. That's it. Like, it's going to be amazing. Friday goes off without a hitch at Governor's Ball. You know, I didn't go. I only got tickets for for Sunday, but Tyler was there. I'm looking at footage and shit. Everything's lit. I'm just doing stuff around the city, eating different foods, riding bikes and shit, doing New York shit, taking the train, you know, going down to Canal Street. Uh, And then Sunday comes, bro. I wake up Sunday, my birthday, and uh, I go on Governor's Ball Instagram, and it says, don't come to Randall's Island. Uh, we're going to post an update by 1130 
due to inclement weather and whatnot, you know, it might get canceled. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, yeah, really, like bro? Like, I missed the fucking trip. Anderson Pack show, and now they're about to fucking cancel the Strokes, man. I swear to God, I'll tear my hair out. Like, uh, <laughs> so update comes. They say, all right, well, due to the weather, we're going to postpone the gates to open at 630. So right. I'm like, fuck it. And they're like, we're going to release a new lineup. They release a lineup. The Strokes are still on it. Bow. I'm all good. Right, we're right? good. We're good. They go after Nas, right? 1015. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm still going to go. I pull up VIP line. Wait, whatever. It storms a little bit. Clears up. 630 gates open. But the thing is, it was sunny as fuck all day. So I was pissed because I'm like, they fucking pushed it back for no reason. So Sunday, I had nothing to do because uh, my whole day was to, supposed to be at Governor's Ball. It was supposed, the gates were supposed to open at noon. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just walk around the city. I went to a museum. You know, I learned some shit. Yeah. Uh, got some food and whatnot just to kill time, basically. So I finally get there waiting in line. And then they open the gates. I go in. I see Lily Allen, which, eh, she took her tits out. That was fun. <laughs> that and sounds like such a Lily Allen thing. Yeah. And um, then Nas came up. Bomb. Nas did his thing. I was in the VIP. I was just chilling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, But I was holding a spot for the strokes. So uh, they're supposed to go on at 10.15. Nas finishes his set. At like 9.30. And like 9.35, screens go black. And they put an announcement up. Like, hey, uh, due to the weather, y'all got to dip. Like, we have to evacuate. And uh, the show's canceled. Oh, my God. They're, so wow. they're like 40 minutes before the strokes go on. They cancel. Fuck. So I'm sitting there. I'm standing there. Like, surrounded by a bunch of disappointed, like, women. <laughs> well, they're to see the strokes. They're all, like, yelling and weeping and shit. And, th- and then people in the general admission start going nuts. Oh, I can only imagine. They start throwing shit, pelting shit uh, at security. F- and, 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 like, people, like, refuse to leave. At first, people were like, we're not leaving. We're not. They start fucking <laughs> chanting, like, dude, it was fucking hectic. They played the announcement a couple more times. Then the guy who was saying the announcement comes out on stage and, like, says it, like, for the people. I guess he was saying it from backstage. Yeah. And uh, the people were flipping out. They started throwing shit at him. And, uh, dude, so I was like, I called my cousin. I'm like, bro, they fucking canceled the show after Nazi said, I'm not going to get to see the strokes. I got to find out how am I going to get out of here. And he's like, fuck, bro, uh, just take the footbridge because I walked across a bridge. This is the thing. This festival is on Randall's Island. If you've never been to New York City. Just I haven't the, been to Randall's Island. Well, to people out there in New York City, it's right off 103rd Street. You can literally walk across a little footbridge to it. It's not far off at all. It's not like it's a little thing or anything. Yeah. But since it's an island, there's only two ways off. It's a bus. Or you can walk across. They have ferries for the festival. But a storm's about to fucking hit, right? Supposedly. Yeah, so they're not going to be any ferries or anything. Right. So everyone's, like, refusing to leave. And then kind of after, like, 10, 15, 20 minutes, people come to the realization that no matter how long they stay, it's right. So people start flipping out, flipping tables, breaking art displays and shit. And then the storm hits, bro. And this fuck, and I mean, I guess they were right. I mean, it was thunder and lightning. It was raining hard as shit. The winds were crazy. And, bro, I go, I'm trying to get out of here. I see the buses pulling up. So I'm sprinting towards the buses. It felt yeah. like a zombie apocalypse, man. I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm talking too much, but this is fucking crazy, bro. This is my birthday. I bought VIP. 
This is not the VIP mm. treatment right you now. You want VIP to see the strokes, and you're getting rained on and feel like you'd about, you're about to die, and you didn't get to see the strokes. Yes. Yeah, I would have so all like been worth below it. General, below general admission. I feel like a peasant. Yeah. So literally, uh, it would have all been worth it if I got to see the strokes. But I don't get to see the strokes, right? I see the buses pulling up, man. I see people pouring onto it. So I'm like, fuck, I try to get there. Don't get there. There's like a barrier for people to make a line. Uh-uh. No one gave a shit. Uh-uh. Yeah. Hell like, no. So there's a stampede of like hundreds of people now. And they're toppling the barriers over and shit. And I have to make a decision. I'm like, fuck, man, am I going to go? I move up a little bit. A second bus pulls up. It fills up fast, like instantly. I couldn't get to it. Yeah. And they're shoving people in there J- Japan style. You ever fucking seen those J- Japan videos when they shove people in the yeah, subway with a stick? Yeah, where they try to stuff like... Uh, Way too many people into way a place too be. many yeah. fucking people. So they're stuffing these people in there like they're fucking trying to escape over the border type yeah. shit. You feel me? So uh, I don't make it to that bus. And then this is when I knew I had to go. Like I had to go to the footbridge. I had to get away from the buses because the stampede of people was going to murder me. Yeah. Uh, this guy tells the security. He's like, uh, can't you take control of the situation? And the security guy goes, how the fuck am I supposed to control this? And I'm like, yo, <laughs> you right. Yo, when the security guy loses his shit and doesn't know what to do, I'm the I'm out. I'm yeah, gone. I'm going to the footbridge. Fuck I'm that. gone. So I book it, man. I had to like tread through ankle high water. I had to ruin a pair of shoes, my vans oh, that man. I had to leave in the city. You feel me? Uh, my cousin ended up being my size. So I'm like, congratulations, bro. Just dry these out and you got a, a decent pair of vans. Yep. And it was so depressing, man. I mean. Uh, you know the walk back. I had to take a cab home. I was soaked, uh, and it would have, like I said, it would all been worth it if I had just gotten to see the strokes. But I didn't. I thought you were gonna tell me you made it onto the bus, and all of a sudden the strokes were on it. I thought you were gonna have like a story like that, man. That's just depressing, no. bro. No, no, it was awful, dude. So it was like literally escape off Randall's Island on my fucking birthday. It'd make a hell of a movie. Dude, it, it it really it felt like I was in a fucking movie. I swear to you, and I was alone. You feel me? Like, so I had to find my way out. You know, I'm like, I'm like yelling at security, like, which way is the footbridge? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yo, yep. No one had fucking control of the situation, man. It sounds about right for festival security. So uh, that that was governor's ball for me, and they're gonna issue. Uh, they already sent an email and everything that they're gonna issue for refunds for Sunday and. At least you got to see uh, Nas and Lily Allen's tits for free. Tits. Small favors, bro. I, I'm, I'm, man. I'm really into British chicks, man. I, I thought she was pretty hot. Yeah, you know, uh, Lily Allen's pretty fucking cool. It's like one of the few pop stars. Well, I wouldn't. And she had I like a beat maker on there like playing the bass and stuff. Like I didn't mind really? her music. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I got a little bit of her set. No. A little bit of uh, I like a little bit of her music actually. Some of the earlier shit, like "Fuck You," is a hit. Yeah, she played that. Yeah, I, I had know. a feeling she would. It's yeah, like her pe- biggest song. People, uh, people enjoyed that. I I didn't know any of the songs, so I just kind of vibed. I was just waiting for the Strokes, man. Yeah, trying to sauce up whatever other girls were there for the Strokes. Oh, no, yeah, I get you, you. You like the Strokes too? Wow. Hey, I bet I know, I know what you would like to stroke. <laughs> oh God! Oh, Jesus God. Christ! No, 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 no! <laughs> I bet the puns. Uh, are no, awful. Terrible. That they Fucking get. terrible, bro. No, I couldn't. That, no, that's no. a brave name, The Strokes. Yes, The Strokes. Because uh, 
the puns are so easy. I, yeah, I. It's a good thing you probably didn't use that line. You probably would have gotten slapped, slapped real fast, hard. Yeah, hard and fast. Hey, if you ever do choose, <laughs> if you ever do choose to use that line, though, make sure you record it because that no. could be uh, that'd be funny. No, I don't want that moment of history. They recorded. might put that on their Instagram or something. Jesus Christ. No nah, man, I actually met some cool people out there. Uh, you know, everyone was pretty fucking disappointed. I mean, there were people who went all three days, so they got two good days and then one shit day. Well, they there were dude. There was a girl that was there in VIP next to me, like w- posting up for the strokes that came from the Philippines just to see the strokes. Just to see. I mean, oh, she was there for a couple man. days, like five, six days, but she was there just to see the strokes. I can't. She saved up imagine. money and everything. Dude. I would have been so mad. From the Philippines, bro. Like I was like, at that point, what am I supposed to do, man? I, 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 I felt way better about my fucking situation. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I mean, shit, I came out to New York, but at least I can come from the fucking Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Shout out to her, man. No, it, it yeah. was a very tragic fucking day for me because it was my fucking birthday. I figured, like, yo, this is fate. Like, I have to see the Strokes now. You know, there was all they were playing on my birthday. Like, I have to see them. Yeah. I decided I'm going to treat myself and shit, and I got a free Nas show, I guess. Well, there you go. Dude, I mean, the, the, you had something, at least. The pictures or the, the comments after were hilarious because uh, one of the other acts that went on on one of the smaller stages was Denzel Curry. Or no, yeah. no, no, not Denzel Curry. Uh, Sheck West. Yeah. So people were commenting after, like, most expensive Sheck West show of all time. I, I don't even know <laughs> another Sheck West song besides that. Um, Mo Bamba? Yeah, that's the yeah, only one. Yeah, people were like, yo, I paid all this money to hear Mo Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> yo, people were straight riding, dude. Oh, like, man. when I tell you that, like, I was a, ju- I, I was a little scared at one point. Yeah. Once I figured out I'm going to the footbridge, or I don't go to the footbridge. But, like, when I was at the buses and I see a stampede of people running towards me, breaking the barrier down, it was like some World War Z shit, dude. I was like, I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. Yep, I'm gonna die here. I gotta get the yeah. fuck out. Yeah, and there's no way that the bu- and the buses that filled up, they were they were just they were just sitting there. So I'm like, bro, even if I get on a bus, I'm gonna be squished for God knows fucking how long on a fucking bus. Yeah, with all these fucking people, I don't know where the fuck is gonna drop me off. So I'd rather just walk across the footbridge and take a fucking cab, and that's what I did. I met some people on the walk, you know, talked yeah. some shit. Like, man, can you fucking believe this, huh? Yeah, at, the, at a certain point, you probably already had gotten rained on. You're already fucking fully you soaked. Whatever what you have on you is ruined. Well, Fuck actually, it. I had a poncho from security. Security guy was actually mad cool. He actually, I, when it started raining during Nas's set, I was like, yo, man, let me get a poncho, dog." And he actually fucking dapped me up and he had a poncho in his hand. I was like, oh, shit. Shout out that security Shout guy. Shout out that fucking security guard, bro. Gave me a poncho. And then five minutes before the evacuation notice, he came in my ear. He was like, yo, man, I'm just letting you know, you, my dog. Uh, they just told me they're going to evacuate in the next five minutes. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, what about the next band? He's like, I don't know, man. That's just what they told me. And that's like right before Nas finished. So I'm like. No way, bro. No way. So I tell the girls, and they all start like, "What? Oh my god, no, no!" no, no. And then, and then they're like, "No, they can't be serious." And then Nas is still playing, so they're like, "No, no, no, no. He he must be wrong. He must be wrong." And like nope. five minutes Sadly pass, no. Nas is still playing, so they're like, "Oh no, he must be wrong." And Nas finishes playing, and he goes, uh, "Governor's ball patrons or whatever the fuck it says." Yeah. Please pay attention right. to this announcement. And they're all like, "No, no." <laughs> yo, man, yo, as as disappointed as I was, some of those chicks were like, 
weeping. Dude, some of those chicks went drier than the Sahara when that announcement came up, bro. <laughs> not when that rain hit, though, boy. Oh, no, hell no. Not when that fucking rain hit. Nah, man. It was, it was a fucking... <laughs> it was a fucking ordeal, and uh, I left Monday night, and all I, you know, all I could do was make the best of the rest of my trip, man. I got back, I got something to eat after that, you know. I went to sleep, and then Monday I uh, just got, you know, really good food and just walked around for a bit, and just just tried to fucking, yeah, man, just be happy that I met Anderson Pack and figure that I'll see the Strokes another day, but. Yeah, it was like, crazy. It made me really like against going to shows out of state now. Yeah, if I, that had happened to me, I would have been uh, very unlikely to go back out of state for a show. It's yeah. like, wow, you know? Yeah. But I'm actually thinking I have a week off in July from work that they're going to pay me for for 4th of July. And Anderson Pack, his last show of the tour that I missed the show on is in L.A., Hmm. And I was thinking about going to Cali uh, anyway that week. No, so that's like, that's shit. a fucking idea, and you're getting paid to do it too. Well, not pa- I mean, well, not paid to go out there, but week. you're getting paid from work for the week that you would be out in Cali. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a fucking idea. I would uh, love to do something like that. It would just be a matter of whether or not I get the funding, and you know, I'm planning ahead of time because I I would actually have to pay for a hotel out in Cali. I don't know anybody, you know. No, I get you. But yeah, that was my trip. It seems like your trip went a lot better than mine, bro. Yeah, the only the only thing really that I could say about my trip is that um, I didn't realize it at the time, but Tech Nine had like a strange fest in Kansas City the same day of my show. Damn, bro! So a lot of people I, were out there. A, a lot of people were out there, but honestly, it was really rainy. For and his was an outside show. Ours was an inside show. Oh shit! Nice. So. It was it was kind of nice. I'm more upset that I had my show and that I didn't set my set list up ahead of time because I could have gone to Strange Fest to meet Tech and then come and done my show, and that would have been that would have just blown everything even more out of proportion. That would have been sick as fuck. It would have been, but you know, you know, it is what it is. I, if I go back to Kansas City, that's where the dude is based in, so I'm certain I'll see someone out there. I'll, I'll have opportunities. That's what's up, man. The opportunities are always going to come back for you. But, I mean, we we basically uh, talked about a lot, man. Got the Kansas City show out yeah. there. Yeah, we've been bullshitting for about a an lot, hour lot. and 20 minutes now, I think. Uh, a little bit. About an hour. Oh, all right. Yeah. And uh, with that, are there any plugs that you got? Shows coming up? Where people can find uh, you? You just dropped an EP. Uh, Talk about that. And, and let's get the fuck out of here. Yep. Hi. Uh, I'm nobody again. Uh, shout out Nakama, shout out Ultraviolet Collective. Shout out. Um, I've got an EP I just dropped called uh, Hashtag Nobody Loves You. You, know, you can find it on my SoundCloud. Everything I'm under is Prod by Nobody. Uh, the first zero or the first O in Nobody is a zero. Uh, it'll it'll be somewhere in the description. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll link that. I'll go ahead and link that. It's confusing as fuck. We're on SoundCloud, so it should be uh, that hard. Longer. EP is coming out on Spotify once I finish more shit for it. Uh, I don't have a date for it or anything. I don't have dates for anything. Uh, next show in Kansas City, uh, the night before Litmus. I don't have a date for that yet either, but I'm working on it. Yeah, no, no pressure, man. Where can people follow you on Instagram to keep up with those uh, dates? Every, everything that I'm under is the uh, at prod by nobody. That's P-R-O-D-B-Y-N-0-B-O-D-Y. That's what's up, bro. Uh, yeah. As far as me, 
you know ya. We have a show tomorrow, June 8th, because this drops um, Friday. So oh, You have a show on Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Yep. Fuck, it's too bad I'm going to be working. That happens, man. Yeah. Uh, so June 8th, you can find us at uh, Buried Alive Fest, Churchill's Pub, down in Miami. It's going to be a lot of fucking fun. Era's one, Born Beneath, a lot of good fucking bands out there. Don't fucking miss it. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. Uh, shout out to... Uh, Lou of Born Beneath for putting that shit on, man. He's fucking awesome what he's doing for the scene out here, putting on his own fucking shows in this day and age where we lack promoters that support local acts. You got to put your own shows on, man. That's how you get all the shit for yourself. Yeah, man. He's doing a good fucking service. As far as uh, The Throne, you can follow me at The Throne Podcast with underscores under the words or in between the words. You know you. You know you're the band. And our official sponsor... You know you're the band.com where you can find all tour information. All of our music is on there for free. Listen to it. Come out to a show. Support your boys. And cop some merch. That merch is fire. Fuck yeah, bro. I appreciate everything that people cop and everything that nobody has come and supported, man. He he has definitely been one of our top supporters, man. And I can't yep. appreciate that any more than I already do because I love it. Support local acts. Always. Support your musicians, people. Other yeah, than that, sure. man, peace, love, everything from the above. Nobody, thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Fucking boy, nobody.